Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss human resources, oxen, and title. But first, a word from our sponsor. Tomorrow is supported by City Cards with Android Pay. Listening on your phone? Now you can pay while you listen using the same device. Just tap and go. Download the Android Pay app on Google Play or visit city.com slash Android Pay to get started. Android Pay is available for eligible city consumer credit cards and debit cards. My guest today is a new friend and co-worker. He's a senior editor at theoutline.com, uh, formerly uh, an editor at BuzzFeed. I'm, of course, talking about the wonderful, the delightful, the handsome Aaron Edwards. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank I, you, Josh. I usually go ballistic with my intros. I think that was That really, was so kind. Yeah. Well, it's all true. It's all wow. true. Now, one of the things that we're not going to get to right away, but one of the things I realized is that um, well, I don't know that much about you. Right. I mean, we, we really have, we've talked a, a lot, but not about deep subjects, deep personal subjects. No, we, we sat down and talked about business. Yeah. We talked about, and we've been talking about business. Just got to business. But now yeah. we're in a personal space where uh, all HR violations are out the window. And we can talk about it. Post, when that clock, when we punch that clock, you know, and at the outline, we have a clock that we, right. we punch. We have the little pieces of paper. What the fuck are those called? A punch card. A punch yeah, we have a punch card. We stick the punch card in, and then we're out. There's a whistle. There's we a get bird our, whistle. We get, our, we get our boxes, our lunch boxes. We go out, out of the factory. The HR warning light turns off. The HR, there's a, there's a loud one of those, like, um, one of those, like, this, like, submarine is submerging sounds. Depressurization. Yeah, depressurizing, and then, like, the light goes off, and it's like... Free reign. Now we can say whatever we want. Anyhow, so Aaron and I are going to get into some real personal stuff at this at this point. But um, I should say Aaron was uh, an editor at BuzzFeed. He was working on the BuzzFeed News app, uh, working with people there to like make that thing happen every day and build it and make it happen, which is one of the things that I found very interesting about him because he is like editorial with like a product kind of mindset, which is a very rare quality. You would think in 2016, you meet a lot of editors who are like thinking about the product. Not always. Not often. No, no, uh, it's actually a big issue. But it anyway. is. It's a huge issue. And in fact, like we're, you know, we're hiring people and talking to a lot of people. And right. I think just we're just seeing how very special Aaron actually is. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I was like, maybe he's special, but I, I wasn't like the sure. like the ball. <laughs> I'm never going to speak like that again. Sorry. So we, so so we have we don't have any agenda. We're just kind of like uh, we're just chatting, just spitballing, just spitballing. So we were, we had a couple of topics we wanted to bring up though. Earlier today, Aaron, uh, we started talking about weed, and we were talking about how the outline is going to be a weed right only, a weed only uh, place of business. Like if you don't smoke weed, you can't have a job. Like we discriminate against people who don't. Right. I actually really don't, but I mean, everyone's in a blue moon. You know, right. I mean, if everybody... I'm in Colorado where it's legal, but anywhere else, I don't touch that Everybody stuff. dabbles. I feel like we need to be a little more open about this kind of stuff. You we know? really do. I mean, who who isn't smoking weed? Who do you think's not smoking weed? Um, I Honestly, maybe my grandma. I don't know. Maybe. No, actually, she's in George Jamaica. Bush. Yeah, wait a second. Your, your grandmother's in Jamaica? <laughs> she lives in Jamaica, yeah. Do you even have a right. You have to smoke weed in Jamaica, don't I you? I feel like it is something that they check every month to make sure that <laughs> they come by. Yeah. They come by and they're like, this doesn't seem very smoky in here. What's going on? <laughs> it's the opposite of police in this country. Right. They're like, like, you get a, you get a, you get a, uh, like a fine. A fine for if not smoking weed. Yeah. Oh wait. So wait. But it's but it's like a religious thing, right? Um. No. Oh. <laughs> I oh, mean, that's the only thing I know about Jamaica. Not with my <laughs> not with my family. No, it is not. But it um, is. Does, it has its roots in religion. No. 
I don't know. <laughs> You're like, oh, Jamaica this, Jamaica that. Now you don't I, know anything. Well, okay. So this is actually the thing that I was going to bring up is that my relationship to my culture is very ancillary in a lot of ways, actually. Like I grew up in New York City. I lived in Atlanta for five years. Yeah. And I moved back to New York after high school to go to college, upstate New York. And then back to the city. Where upstate? Where'd you go? Ithaca. Oh, right. We talked about this. Not that Cornell. I, that I knew about you. Not Cornell. Not which Cornell. Is, you have to say, apparently. Right. Because apparently it sounds like I'm being modest to be like, I went to school in Ithaca. And oh. it actually means I went to Cornell. I did not go to Cornell. I went to Ithaca College, okay. which is a wonderful is that near? Is that near Cornell? It is across the hill. Did you meet anybody from Cornell while you were Tons there? Tons of people, yeah. Okay. A lot of lot of Cornell folks. Um, but but yeah, for my, my culture and I have this weird relationship where... I feel very connected to it now at this point in my life because I'm talking to my grandmother more about my family and where I'm from. She wrote a book about Jamaica and about her father. What? And she's a wonderful woman. She's Your publisher, so, that's a, like a book I can go buy? A book you can go buy. Yeah, she's incredible. This, see, this is something I didn't know about you. Right. I want to read that book. Yeah. What's I mean, it called? I, it's called... Uh, oh, no, no. Oh, man. It's, You're it's, blanking on the name. <laughs> I'm blanking on the name my, now. Your grandmother wrote a book and you can't remember the name. <laughs> I, I, just, I think it's my father's story, I want to say. Oh, okay. um, I had to look it up again. It's, it's a short book. and it I It's a book? It's, 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 it's very short. It's like uh, maybe 200 pages. It's still a book. Yeah. It's more than any book I've – I have never written a book. Right. So I, yeah. But it's stories about her dad and growing up in Jamaica and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are first-generation or second-generation immigrants. Right. So their parents came here or they came here directly from the countries they were from. And they're very close to their heritage. Like one of my closest friends, Hannah, who's Ethiopian, um, knows so much about her culture, is so connected to it. And our friendship, in a way, actually ignited a lot that I was forgetting about my own culture because I saw her just relishing in it and loving it, hating it, making jokes about it on Twitter. That, and and that made you feel like you weren't. It made me feel like I wasn't as connected as my own. And I, you know, it was. I met her around the time that I had gone back to Jamaica for my grandfather's funeral, and there was just a lot of feelings that were coming back up about heritage and immigrants and black people and family and all this kind of stuff was swirling in my head. So I just kind of made a point to try to be more connected to to my culture. And so you're you would you say you're like you're working on that now. Yes. Not the second. <laughs> I mean, at being this on this podcast, I don't think it could be considered as working on your following your like Jamaican culture. No, not at this very second. I mean, right. but generally speaking. Yeah, generally speaking. And it kind of started with food, really, because there was a lot of food that I ate as a kid that my grandmother would make that I had not revisited in years. For example, oxtail, which is my favorite dish in the history of mankind. What is, it, what is it? What is an ox? What is an what is an ox? An ox is like a it's like a uh, like a cow. Is like it a, is it a is cow? It a cow? Is it, I don't know. It's, See, this is why I don't know. Wow, I don't this know. is I do not know what's going on. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what's an ox specifically? It's Can a you... bovine trained okay. as a draft animal, so it's a similar to a cow. I eat. Here's that. a picture. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's a cow. Yeah. Oh, I see. It's got kind of. It's got that little like jacket on. It's like a cow in a cool outfit. It's like a cow wearing a jacket. Yeah. Right. It's cool. With yeah. Horns. So looking at that, so you, you definitely want to eat. You, eat, you yeah, definitely want to like, eat some. You're stuff. like, I'll take that. The um, tail of that. Yeah. I listen. You probably should look that up too, because I don't actually know where it's. it's like, it it's actually doesn't tail. contain oxtail. Maybe that's not. The, the Who thing. knows? It is. It is an oxtail. Okay. okay. I just went. God. <laughs> what else would it be? I don't know. It couldn't be anything else. I don't know. Anyway, so these are these are massive gaps in my knowledge mm -hmm. about Jamaican culture and about my family. I ate it all my life. 
grew up off of it, like Aki and Saltfish, Oxtail, Kalaloo, Festival, all these things that were just around me as a kid that I never fully understood. Right. And never fully dissected until age 22, maybe, 21. Well, cause, because this is true. I mean, I get I get that not, obviously, my family's not from Jamaica, but <laughs> actually, I mean, a little known fact about me. We're all cousins, really. Um, that's true. But you know what's funny? Like, hearing you talk about this, I think, like, there's such a clear line and such a specific culture, like my sense of, like, Jamaica and the people there and from there. There's, like, a clear culture. There are things, like, in... Like in our world, that like, oh yeah, like that's a Jamaican thing, like Usain Bolt, who we're right. gonna talk about in a second. But, right, um, right. But um, the man. I'm, but I'm like Eastern European, mm-hmm. you know, like from Russia, Ukraine, like somewhere, like some something that changed hands like five times. Right. And so I feel like, uh, you know, it's like general, like general Eastern European people is like my heritage, and so it's like maybe it's kind of Germanic, maybe it's kind of Russian, but it's like this kind of mishmash of you know what I think of when I think of my family, you know, a hundred year, two hundred years ago, I think mm-hmm. of like some there's some people cowering in a cold area, it's <laughs> snowing, they're like getting soup somewhere, right? But it's very general. Have these stories come from your family at all? Like, has your mother no. sat you down and be like? You know, no, but I know stories about my family, but they're like very hyper specific, right? And I don't, they don't tell me anything about like my culture is like because uh, I was raised Jewish, and because like being Jewish supersedes like origins, hmm. like in a lot of ways, Jewish people are like, oh, you're from. Like you're from Japan and you're from Russia, but like you're both Jewish. So well, it's like Sephardic, Ashkenazi, Ethiopian. That's it. Yeah, you're like, and as far as I can tell, and I don't know, I've never met an Ethiopian Jew. The thing that is the connective tissue. Sorry, I'm just like talking about myself, but is like really like an East Coast thing, right? Like it's like it's like you know East Coast Jews. Okay, you know what I'm Ashkenormative saying? I, I is what don't. they call it. <laughs> Ashkenormative, like 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 Jews in New York. Jews in New York. Like, like, you know, and Seinfeld. Right. Seinfeld is like the, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, your family is all like Seinfelds. Okay. You know, kind I of mean, anxiety ridden. Like Woody Allen. Woody I see, Allen. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't say Woody Allen because he's a rapist. Woody Allen. Whoa. Alleged. Alleged. Whoa. Alleged. 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 We don't have Alleged. Anything's yeah. possible. I'm sure his daughter accused him in the New York Times, but right. <laughs> definitely. No, he's a very talented director. It's too bad about his uh, rape history um, and weird child molestation slash abuse. But we all make mistakes, you know? Uh, I guess. The important thing is that he's a Jew. Okay. <laughs> So let's bring this back to Jamaica. And yeah, so what I'm saying is like, so what I'm saying is like Jamaica feels like it's got, like I can form in my mind a picture of like what the kind of like, where that line is. Right, which and, is oftentimes informed by things like, you know, colonialism and things that are generally considered pretty not terrible. Not a perfect line. Not a perfect line at all, no. And I get that, I think that- and You don't have any Woody Allens. I don't know. I mean, there are some, I don't know. I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. There, there's definitely like a through line, I guess, of like Jamaican culture and how Americans perceive that culture for sure. Right. Like any place. Right. And my connection to it happened to be pretty isolated for the most part. Like I got all of my understanding of Jamaica from my family, my direct family. I didn't really interrogate or investigate much beyond that as a child. And a lot of it was through food. Um, some of it was through language and just the way that they talked around the house. I never picked up a Patois accent at all. 
I didn't pick up any real accent. I think you could probably say I just sound like a, I don't know, standard. I don't want to say standard. That's terrible. You sound um, like a person. Just like a person. You a know? human. Yeah. My mom was an actress, so she kind of, you know. You don't have any discernible accent. No discernible ears. accents. Yeah. So I had a Jamaican family living in South Side, Jamaica, Queens, New York, with a ton of culture and a ton of like different places. I never came out with anything discernible from that. So I think that is actually kind of a, a touchstone to the fact that I never really internalized or ingested a lot of the culture that was around me as a kid. And there was this intense yearning when I got to around like 2021 20, coming out of college that I really wanted to reconnect with it. And so a lot of that was through my grandmother. After my grandfather passed, I kind of felt this fire under my ass. I was just like, there's so much rich culture that you don't understand that's connected to your family and to your friends and people who you grew up with that you've never really tried to figure out and you probably should do that now. So I started to, you know, reconnect with the food first. Like I found my, my Jamaican spots in New York that I wanted to go to. Um, my friends came with me and I just kind of started to unpack the pieces that I didn't really understand at first. So I'm not an expert by any sense, by any stretch of the imagination. Right. And um, I think that I've been really fortunate, fortunate to have friends who still let me bask in and own the culture that I don't know too much about. Right. Um, even though... <laughs> That's good. Even though I don't have like... Even though, to, <laughs> in my opinion, I don't have a ton of claim to it because I don't feel... I kind of feel like a poser sometimes. I'm just like, I'm Jamaican-American or whatever you want to call me, but I don't really know a lot of these things. I'm still getting to know myself. I mean, I think... I think... But you have a... But I think you've got a, a, a through line like in a path to discover it. And I'm actually like... It just sounds kind of wonderful. Like, what an amazing thing to be able to do. And I'm sure, look, I'm sure if I put any any effort in whatsoever, I could do the same thing. Like, but like, what kind of an amazing thing to do is to go back and look and say, it was all this kind of undiscovered for you at least, undiscovered culture and undiscovered. Like, there's a whole. I mean, it's food. Obviously, is a big piece of it, but there's so many other pieces, right? Right. And like, that's just like yours to uncover and own like you have absolutely rightful ownership to it once you like know about it and understand it i'm sure for me there's some like parallel but i'm too lazy (laughs) (laughs) or tired to do it um so anyhow getting back to weed right all right here we (laughs) go there's like actually no connection here except (laughs) that that, like weed is i mean i do think like weed and jamaica have a very special relationship but um you were telling earlier at the office we were talking right about I'm trying to think of how we got on the topic, actually. I don't remember. But you said you were going to go see cats. Right. Stoned. Yes. And oh, man. my first thought was, first of all, I've never seen cats. I mean, I've seen, I've seen. It's on YouTube. I've seen like a lot of cats. You know what I mean? I've heard it. And I've seen like, okay. you know, s- clips from it. Or second, like, I thought you were talking about just like the animal in general. I've never seen a cat seen before. What? I am actually allergic to cats. So. The musical, weirdly, but not the actual animal. Right. Um, so you're going to go see cats, and you're going to get uh, stoned, allegedly. Allegedly, but now, and I said, are you going to like eat brown? Is it like an edible situation? Because you could like take some in with you, right? Or some candies I, I, or something. I don't know. I don't know. And to whatever theater is housing cats right now, I just want to say that this is not going to happen. And uh, yeah, no, no, no. This guy, you don't have to worry about. It. If you see Aaron Edwards on a ticket somewhere. He's not Just high. Definitely not. And won't ever be high. We'll so don't, you don't have to worry about him. Right. Um, Ryan, can you tell us where is Cats currently playing in New York? It's probably at the Neil Simon Theater. 
Okay, you see how Ryan answered like we were disgusting for not knowing that. And he's I was going to say the music box, but I don't know. The Neil Simon Theater, it's been playing there for how many years? 30 years? No, it just, it's a revival. It's a revival. It just started. Oh, it's a revival. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think, I have to say, so we started talking about The Office, and it was like, this sounds like an amazing idea. We should take the entire outline crew. Yeah. That's how we <laughs> read I, through and, the reels. And I think, and I think, like, I would enjoy Cats stoned, like, it would be one of the best experiences. Right. I think that the the impetus behind this is that Cats is... I mean, I feel like it's pretty safe to say that it's a fairly terrible musical. <laughs> is it? What? The lyrics are bad. Wait, right? oh, is that true? Because it's considered to be one of the greatest musicals of all time. I would say, in my opinion, the music is really good. The emotions are good. But occasionally you're like, people are dressed as cats. And also the lyrics are really laughable. So you have a lot more can of those me, people can, are dressed I'm as sorry, cats. Can you, give me, can you give me an example of a laughable lyric in Cats? Anybody? Um, well, like Jellicle Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> what? Are you, can you read some? The first song yeah. is it? The first song is Jellicle Cats, right? Sorry, yeah. The first song is uh, is Jellicle Cats, and I will read you the lyrics to it. Which all of this is based, by the way, on um, on T. S. Eliot Cats poems. The uh, I think it's a, didn't he do a a book of peculiar cats? Isn't yes, that? that is what it's based on. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, Jellicle Cats and Pollicle Dogs. And it's like, are you so blind you're born? Can you see in the dark? Dare you look at a king? Would you sit on his throne? Can you say of your bite that it's worse than your bark? Are you the cock of the walk when you're walking alone? Because Jellicle Cats are and Jellicle Cats do. Jellicle Cats do and Jellicle Cats would. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sorry. These lyrics sound amazing. So Uh, the higher you get, the better they will be. They sound really good right now. And I've only had a small amount of vodka. So So I have to say. But like memories, like that's a beautiful moment. But a moment later, you're like, and they're all just as cats. (laughs) What's the big deal? See, my, my, my big thing about cats and why I think it's terrible, it's not necessarily the work itself. It's just thinking about this musical came out in what, like 1986 or something? Uh, no, like 19... 1980. 1980. So there was, a, there was a lot going on in the world in 1986. By 86, it was the most popular <laughs> Broadway musical that had ever existed. Well, it started in London and then it moved to Broadway. Well, you know so what I mean. I think Broadway, Broadway, London's Broadway, you know. But so there's so much happening in the world. I feel like there are a lot of important stories to tell. Like, like right the now, 80s, you mean? In oh, general. In the 80s. There's always, especially the 80s. There's yeah. like a lot of important stories to tell. And... I just get infuriated when I think the fact that Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, let me look at the scope of everything happening in the world right now. Yeah, he was like, Iran, Con- <laughs> no, what was going on in 1980? I mean, it was like, it was like Nixon, Nixon had just left office. He resigned because he was the most corrupt president ever. Um, yeah, he, we, he, we, why wasn't he like, we should do a Nixon musical? There, a Nixon musical about AIDS set <laughs> to the music of the 50s because it's the 80s and we're going to pretend no, it's in the 80, 50s. In 1980, AIDS was not a thing. There is a Nixon musical, yes, though. It no, it wasn't like, a, it wasn't like a, a thing. Yeah, well, because, you know. Yeah, because people we were, were all in supp- denial. I understand people were suppressing it and denying it and all that well, shit. How, what a breakthrough it would have been to write a musical about it. <sighs> I mean, well, we did. somebody did. It only took them <laughs> 25 years. Um, but yeah, so I I don't know. I just get angry about when I think about he's like sitting down and it's like, I'm just going to write a musical. It's going to be about cats. And your, it's just. Is that your Andrew Lloyd Webber impersonation? That's my Andrew Lloyd Webber impersonation. Well, because you would rather have him have started School of Rock back then. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It's like the height of the Iraq War. It's just so frivolous. What does the world need right now? What about a Jack Black vehicle? <sighs> 
Right, because that's where School of Rock comes from. Yeah, that's where it comes from. It's yeah. the Jack Black movie. But weirdly, the other one about glam about glam metal is a Broadway musical that became a movie, correct? Glam metal? Rock of school, Ages. Rock of Ages or yeah. School of oh, Rock? Oh, yeah. School of Rock was a movie that became a musical. Right. And then Rock of Ages Rock is of a Ages, musical that became a movie. They said, get Alec Baldwin and this will get sell, Tom Cruise. sell, sell. Did Rock of Ages have a movie already, though? No. It, no. It was, no? It was a musical. It was a musical. They made it into a movie. Okay. And... Uh, Tom Cruise is in it. <laughs> okay. Who I love. The Cruise and Missile. <laughs> the Cruise Missile. No, I'm just saying. It's just like, it, it, there's not a real anger that I have toward this. It's just, and I understand putting on a frivolous musical because times are tough and <laughs> you just yeah, want to. You got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I feel like the best way that I can dignify cats is by going under the influence of several substances. And of several? Just, I mean, I'm probably going to be have a little rum. Ugh. Just, you know, a little cocktail. Please let me come to Cats with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you really want to. Actually, I, I mean, I kind of don't because I hate crowds, but, uh, I, like, everything else sounds great about it. Right. The only crowds you really have to interact with at, at the theater is really just when you're lining up and when you're leaving, though. Yeah, so it's not get, like a music festival where it's like you are aware of the crowd all the time. I need to get, like, an end seat so I can get out quickly if necessary. An aisle seat? An aisle seat. Thank <laughs> you. Is that what they're called? <laughs> is, that how you, is that the official name? You know, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about uh, more about cats, I think, probably for another 45 minutes straight. Great. And we... Welcome to Cats Cast. <laughs> no. And yeah, we'll be right back with Aaron Evers. This week's episode is brought to you by Earth Class Mail. Earth Class Mail moves your snail mail to the cloud, which is where you want it, really, giving you instant access 24-7 and integrates with the tools and services you use every day. It's insane that we've moved everything we do for business over to the digital world, but still need to pick up, sort, and manage physical mail. With Earth Class Mail, you can get all of your mail scanned and accessible online 24-7. You can search your mail, send invoices over to your accounting software, sync important documents into cloud storage, deposit checks, and really just make running your business a whole lot easier. Because let's be honest, you're very lazy. You also get real professional addresses to share publicly with customers, business partners, and investors. And you'll never need to worry about someone showing up at your front door if you run your business from home. Someone who's very interested in your business and is probably dangerous. Now, you know, uh, Ryan, my producer, is using Earth Class Mail, and he thinks it's a brilliant solution. Um... He hates having to go to the post office. In fact, uh, he told me that it's his least favorite thing in the world. And so uh, it makes him feel very good to use the service. Visit earthclassmail.com and you'll get your first month of service free when you sign up using promo code TOMORROW. That's earthclassmail.com and offer code TOMORROW. TOMORROW is supported by City Cards with Android Pay. How cool is it that we live in a world where you can use the same device to listen to tomorrow and buy your morning coffee, groceries, and more? And did I mention it's a super fast way to pay? Just use your city card with Android Pay at the register. Get in, get it, get going. Download the Android Pay app on Google Play or visit city.com slash Android Pay to get started. Android Pay is available for eligible city consumer credit and debit cards. We're back with Aaron Edwards. We were talking about cats and weed. And now I want to talk. We're actually, we're talking a lot about um, music, 
the arts, feelings. I want to talk about Frank Ocean. Okay. You've not heard the new Frank. We were talking about this earlier, too. All these conversations are based off of earlier conversations that we had at the right, office. Right, right. You've not heard the new Frank Ocean record. I've not heard Frank Ocean's album. A lot of people are talking about Frank Ocean. I mean, really? when, when Frank Ocean's record dropped, yeah, I think that's how the kids are saying it these days, dropped. People could not stop writing about the fact that the record had dropped. Oh, I'm sorry, his visual album. Mm-hmm. But now there's an actual regular non-visual album right called blonde and uh i'm surprised because uh i feel like i feel like you are very like ahead of the curve when it comes to pop culture so the fact that you haven't listened to it is surprising and frankly a little upsetting to me can you explain that i can't explain this one (laughs) one i hate frank ocean (laughs) One, um, well, there's there's no numbers here. I'm not going to number this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of interesting discussion happening right now around the fact that our pop artists and our most mainstream musical talents have flipped the script on digital releases. Mm. And many people attribute this to Beyonce, obviously, with her self-titled album, where all of us just sit in shackles wondering when albums are going to be released. We yeah. just like are up until god-awful hours in the middle of the night. We have no control over things. Back in the day, people used to say, I'm going to release an album on this day. You can expect to see it then. You can prepare yourself emotionally. You can make sure you're in the right place to buy it, right space to listen to it, in the right um, frame of reference or frame of mind to experience it. But now I feel like there's just no script to any of this. It's just surprise releases left and right. And this is very emotionally taxing for so many people, including myself, especially someone who works in news. And a lot of my job, not now, but before, involved covering these things or sending push alerts when they went live or just trying to anticipate this ethereal moment when something would just drop. Right. What kind of bedlam was it? I mean, I can only imagine at BuzzFeed when, like, Beyonce's record came out. Right. Like, was it just everybody was losing their fucking shit? I wasn't at work when it came out. Oh, where were you? I was at home. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a weekday, I believe, and it was at 9 p.m. Eastern yeah, time. Yeah, I think so. And she actually, she kind of gave us a, a warning. Like, the, the time that it was going to go on HBO was announced a few days before it actually came out. Yeah. We didn't know it was going to be the full album. We just knew she was going to put something on HBO and that it was going to be some sort of visual project. Some people speculated that it would be the album after, and I like figured it would be. So I wasn't at work, but that was still kind of a a fair warning in advance. Yeah, like at the speed of like or the pace of people who are consuming things online. It's like give you a few days in advance, get yourself ready, get your house in order. Beyonce's about to drop. <laughs> Just um, get done with all the chores that you have to do. Right, right. Yeah, you know, pray to your maker, all that kind of stuff, <laughs> and. But yeah, so Frank, there were just lies, 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 left and right. No one knew when it well, was going like to come out. For like two weeks, it was being teased. It was being teased. But then last year, actually, was when he originally said, or didn't actually say, put a like innocuous Tumblr post up, I think is what spurred people thinking it was going to come out, saying, like I think it had a date on it or something. I'm not sure what really happened. People had the assumption that it was going to come out in July 2015. It yeah. didn't. There was a running joke that it was like, not gonna july was not gonna end until frank ocean's album dropped so like 20 days (laughs) later they're like happy july 51st yeah (laughs) um 
So anyway, so I haven't listened to the album because I honestly was just not really totally prepared for it. Like I knew it was going to come at some point. Well, they released it, it was like on a Saturday night. Right. There was an endless video, visual visual album album part. as an idea that I kind of hate. Which I didn't watch either. I just time to watch a visual album. Right. I mean, you can make time if you know what you're making time for. Yeah, maybe, and, some, and maybe if somebody gives you some... Isn't it like up, a music right? video, though, where it was like, this worked for Thriller, and it worked for Beyonce, it works for a few kinds of records. Thriller wasn't a visual album. Thriller was no, like but one I mean, long video for like, Thriller. But I mean, right. like, uh, like the medium, I feel like it's like, that medium might work for a specific album, but does everybody need a music video? Does every album need to be a visual album? No. I mean, I hope not. I don't, think, then, I don't think so. But now the trend so. is going to be like visual albums. I think the I don't know about that just yet. I think that it takes a lot of money to do that, and I think there's a handful of artists who can do something like that in a good way. And I think (laughs) Lady Gaga attempted this with art pop. She tried to put out like a visual album of sorts, more like a thriller extended video with three or four songs, and like it's not for everybody. I would say Hmm. it's not for everyone. It's for you. Art pop. (laughs) That's very good. Art pop. That's the record of hers that didn't do very well, right? I love that record. I do too. I love that record. So I love the best song record. on that record. Art pop. Art pop's your favorite on Art, that record. My favorite. Really? I don't know the song. I also really sex, like dreams. sex dreams. Sex dreams. Sex dreams. Never heard it. You'll mix in sex dreams here, yeah. So the I'll listener can experience right. a little bit of sex dreams. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so Frank, I haven't listened to it yet because I really, I think it's okay to not experience things at the same time that everyone else does. I totally and, agree. But I think that this this culture of like surprise releases makes people feel very anxious about not experiencing it at the same time. And Frank is the kind of artist who I think he puts out work that really requires a lot of attention. Like you really want to sit down and experience it. Right. Like it's not, you know, a pop no, it is pop record. It actually is. The record is very subtle. I mean, it's not at all like I don't think there's a single thing on there that could be considered like a a hit, right? In, in terms of like pop music, yeah. And Frank, I mean, for me personally, Frank is really important to me because he represents a lot of things that I feel are lacking in music and just in representation in general. Like I've been waiting to hear from someone at his level who is exploring his queerness, trying to identify himself and figure out where he sits in the grand scheme of things or not. Yeah. And music that is trying to navigate those things to me is really important to me. And I think that I really want to give it time and a like specific space. Yeah. And that time and space was not there when it came out. No, so it's I was like, it, I'm going to hold off on this It's a true. Bit. Like, actually, I mean, to that point, I mean, it's really, actually, this is a really... Like you're making me realize something that I couldn't, I wasn't able to quite formulate, which is like on a Saturday night in the middle of everything else that everybody's doing to like have this record appear, like the visual album appear, excuse me, and then like have to be expected to like respond to it in some way, like have to like act on it or listen to it or whatever. It was like really daunting. And even now that the record, that the proper like audio version of it is available, it's like I haven't been able to give it – I've listened to it a couple times in the car, 
But like not everybody's driving in the car. Not everybody's like got the chance to do that. You know, that's like two – basically, if you listen to it two times, it's like two solid hours. It's a long record. Right. And uh, it kind of sucks. Like it kind of sucks as an experience. Like you you do want to be able to give it the time and attention that a, like a proper piece of art deserves. And I haven't been able to do that at all. And I assume like for a lot of people, it's been the same thing. Right. And like we're in in our business, the expectation is as soon as it happens, you've got to have a, a take, a, yeah. a response, a review. Well, I was going to say, isn't that like event fatigue where it's like every superhero movie, every award show, the Olympics, we all have to have things to say. And then Donald Trump does something and then this album dis- uh, totally drops and then another album drops over here. And it's it's like when Suicide Squad came out a month ago, I saw it yesterday because I was like, I just I want to see that I want to see this movie and hate it myself or like it myself. <laughs> hate it on your own time. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I I don't know if this is like something I can say. De- I this is definitely something I can't say definitively. But what I hope is happening is that more people are realizing this is that you can take your time when these things come out and that you don't have to be a part of the conversation right away. I don't want to use this as a promo for the outline, <laughs> but I will say like this feeling is like a major driver to me of like wanting to do something different. Like, I just think like this isn't real. It's not real. Like that feeling that you have where like everything's pushing you forward, pushing you towards something. Like it doesn't always have to be that way. Like, like the stuff that people make is actually valueless for the most part. Like there's like 90% valueless shit. Like it just is not good. It isn't meaningful. It isn't worth your time. But you feel like, and I mean like not the record itself, but like the reactions to it and people talking about it and people having their like takes on it, like Vulture being like, here's how Frank Ocean appropriated white culture. And it's like, get the fuck out of my face. Like you've, it's been 24 hours you could not have formed as sophisticated as a thesis as you think you have on this thing. And it's like, let it breathe. And we don't get a chance to let shit breathe. And I think that I'm not saying things should be slow, but I do feel like there's like a time and a place. And I actually hearing you talk about this and like, think it through to me makes me feel like I've cheated myself in some way on that record Mm. because I've listened to it in bits and pieces and I've listened to it like while distracted and I've tried to like cram it in to like a busy life. And now I feel like, and there are songs on it that I think are excellent, very excellent, but I don't know that I've taken in the whole thing. And good art deserves to be taken in fully. I think it deserves to be taken in fully. I think it's okay for it to be taken in different contexts. So even though you listen to it the first time in a busy you know, intersection or while you were driving or something like that, I don't think that precludes or takes away the possibility for you to experience it again in a different way. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> you like you haven't ruined it totally, right? So I don't but think it is, it's, it's kind of bullshit. Like I, I think your strategy is actually right. Like, and actually, is annoying to me to think about this. It's also you know this thing like, do you subscribe to Apple Music? I don't. Okay, so how are you going to listen to it? I will make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> What's the decision going to be? If I'm going to, well, I think I have a 30 day trial that I can opt into. Oh, really? Okay. This like is that. insane. Love. Like, right. I was, I was actually the first thing, my first thought was, oh, it's an Apple Music exclusive. That's really awesome because it's like some weird game that these companies are playing with. Like, it used to be like, oh, a record's out. You can go to the store and buy it. Right. You can listen to it on vinyl. You can buy a CD, whatever. Now it's like, oh, you have to subscribe to a service forever to listen to this one record. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Spotify will eventually get it. I think in two weeks. In two weeks? Yeah. Maybe in two weeks I'm in the mood to experience (laughs) some black queer art. (laughs) 
My favorite thing is looking up Lemonade on Spotify and looking at their error, the message. What's on like, there? I think it still says <laughs> we don't have Beyonce's Lemonade and we're working on it. <laughs> so be, so Lemonade was released on Tidal, right? Yes. Well, it was on HBO first. Right. And so then you it was, could watch it. And then it was on Tidal. As a full thing. Here's what I yeah. did. I Because I had already subscribed to Tidal and then, unsubs- and then unsubscribed when Kanye released his record on everything else. Right. I'm like, this is bullshit. I bootlegged the Beyonce record. Really? Because, yeah, because it was like, I'm like, I'm not going to subscribe to this service right. to hear this. And by the way, the record, I listened to it a couple of times. I'm like, there's some good tracks on here, but right. it's, I don't know. I don't want to diss Beyonce, but it was okay. Right. Parkwood's going to be right on your ass for this. <sighs> come at come at me. Buzz, <laughs> buzz, fine. buzz, buzz all over your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like the beehive is going to fucking yeah. be unleashed. But anyhow, I'm just saying like, it's, it's a bullshit situation for people. I mean- mm-hmm. Can you even buy the record? I think so. I think there's like a, a zine and you can buy the... Oh, no, no. You mean talking about, you're talking about uh, Blonde? Blonde. Are you oh, talking d- about Lemonade? No, no, no. Yeah, Lemonade. Like, I assume like you could have bought it. I, could you have bought it? I don't know that during the title exclusive, you could buy the record on iTunes. I don't think you no, could. No, it was on... No, for a while you couldn't. Right. So yeah. it was like, what are you going to do? You're going to subscribe to this thing forever or just what? Well, I think the, well, I think they it. want you to be like Netflix and Hulu and be like, I buy all of them, even though that's ridiculous. Yeah, so I actually do, and it's a horrendous situation. Like, yeah, it's I'm spending so much money on streaming services, it's crazy. I do think there will be some sort of like reckoning. Yeah, there's gonna be reckoning. I think people are gonna be like, "Fuck this," and they're gonna like back away from it. Or Apple will just buy up other things. Well, they can only buy so many things, and that's also a monopoly, right. which is basically illegal. But, um. <clears throat> but the long and short of it is, you haven't listened to the record. I have not listened to the record, and you're going to find the, you're going to find the right time to listen to it, which like I'm kind of now jealous of. It's also kind of like part of this is kind of bullshit too. It's like <laughs> I'm not going to know. There's not going to be some magical like fairy Navi thing that comes out, and it's like it's time to listen. Um, <laughs> I hope that happens. Maybe that'll be a guiding light that I need. But I don't know. Part of it's part of it's bullshit. Part of it is you know a feeling part of it is just I have free time right now and I'm in a mood and yeah, I have a general sense of what this album might contain. Is, is any of that driven by the fact that like to go get it is a chore? Yes. Like if it was on Spotify, you subscribe to, to, yeah, to Spotify? I get Spotify, yeah. So if it was on Spotify right now, do you think you might have listened to it already? Definitely. So, okay, so that's fucking crazy. Like, right. So these streaming services are kind of dictating how my yeah, consumption I mean, habits are. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the weird thing is that actually your habits have changed because of the way the stuff is being released. Right. Everything's connected. Feelings are not limited to just our own interpersonal ideas and feelings. It's they're, like, it's tech too. They're really not. Yeah. I will say this about the record. Just, this will be my quick review of it. All right. It is. Don't say it's not good or something like that. Like that's such a like cheap no, review. It's, I'm not going to say that. Okay. I'm going to say it is. I mean, you can say that if you want no, to. No, I mean, but to the point that you were, that you were making earlier about queerness and blackness and like the, I think, I mean, I think you made a point about that. It is not like a record that has been out ever before. In my opinion, like listening to it, I'm just like, this is a totally different worldview that like for me, of course, obviously, but like even beyond that, in terms of pop music, it is so unlike other pieces of, and I wasn't that big of a fan of his, of his last record. Like I, I wasn't like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't love it. But this record is just like, I don't know if it's good or bad. I mean, I think it's good. I don't know what like a music critic would say about it. But I think it's like also 
just huge as a thought, like as a record. I mean, I don't, I don't want to like. I know when people are like, "Oh, you got to see this movie; it's so amazing." And then you see, no, it, you know, I like, feel, I, I, I think I get what you're getting at. I mean, there is a point in a lot of artists' careers too, right, where you kind of sense that they're getting a lot more agency over their own work to a degree. Like, there's a lot of risk with a new artist coming out and releasing an album, and there's some uh, some scripts and some standard things they try to follow in the beginning, and then as they develop, they get a little bit weirder, maybe yeah. with it, like. Yeah. This is why Anti is like my favorite Rihanna record because people love like, Anti. I've talked to a lot of people who love Anti. Yeah, because it's it's the first one that I really felt like I got a sense of like her input. Not that the other records did not have that, but that was just like so much I felt of her. And I could be totally wrong, and then, like she's an Illuminati puppet and doesn't have any definitely control over Illuminati. Her Don't you feel yeah. like that's the influence of dance pop falling away too? That like the constructed sort of fabricated like it's a banger for every song. There's definitely way fewer. I mean, the ecstasy has worn off. Let's put it that way. I feel like in terms of music right now, like if we were at a period where everybody was like it was all about like a club track, I think that has gone away. But this record's like it's like I feel like even for a culture that has begun to actually accept like a new world like has thought of like people's sexuality as the more much more diverse than we have traditionally perceived it I think the record's challenging for people I feel like it's like yeah this is like a human being with like human emotions that are not do not sync up to yours like speaking very openly and clearly about it I don't want to get too deep on this on like my record yeah, review it's like, of it. This is like a music podcast. <laughs> it really yeah. is. It's gotten very, but it is like it's like just. I just don't think there's a lot of music like this. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's raw. It's just very raw. Not a lot of like mainstream music. No, not no. to sound like no. the indie kid or whatever. No, but, by, all, by all means, no. But yeah. I think for like a major release where people are freaking out about it on Twitter, right, right? And there's like people lining up at stores to get his zine, right? Okay, this is my favorite thing. I just remember the thing I wanted to say. His mom, I guess, tweeted that I think this happened. I saw this like third hand somewhere. I've been so disconnected from. Okay, yeah, I don't. I'm like kind of disconnected too. But that she was like, just for all the people who are selling these zines on eBay for five hundred dollars, like you're ridiculous. Just wait. I think they're going to do like a wide release of the zine. Okay, which I'm excited about (laughs) because I wanted to get a copy of his zine. Yeah, and you can't. No one. They're like you wanted to get that Kanye McDonald's poem in person, (laughs) but it's ridiculous. I was at a party this weekend where a friend of mine did a live recitation of the McDonald's Kanye poem. Really, and it was deeply moving. God, McDonald's (laughs) is so relevant right now. It's McDonald's is always relevant. No, but it's like become McDonald's is like back. Did McDonald's leave? Yeah, it was really in. It was in trouble, but now with that all day breakfast and Kanye's poem. Yeah. Oh God. I don't know. Anyhow, all right. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Gawker. Sure. We're gonna, we're gonna barrel through a few items here. All right. Yeah. Let's barrel. Gawker. Gawker. Today is that. Well, so this is gonna be out t- on uh, Tuesday. Okay. So today we're on. This is Monday. Right. It is right. So it'll be out t- tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Oh wow. Yeah. It's fast. Fast. It's up Tuesday. Around. Yeah. <laughs> so Gawker is done now. It's over. Gawker.com. Gawker is done. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel many feelings, but the the primary one is that it is really, uh, really terrifying that any of this went down the way that it went down. Like, I think that the arguments about Gawker's content or the things that they focused on, things that they cover, the way they cover them, notwithstanding, 
it is a troubling time when a billionaire can fund a case that essentially kills a media company. It's um, terrifying. Like, whichever way you try to spin it, that's just not something that I think uh, should happen. I agree. I mean, I actually, it's funny. I mean, um, I think about it. I mean, starting a new media <laughs> new media company. Right. I think about it all the time. I'm like, you know, we want to, you know, we're going to tell hopefully big, brazen, like original stories. And there's no doubt that um, this is like a bad precedent mm-hmm. for, for people who give a shit about like telling true stories. I mean, Gawker's not perfect, was not perfect. By no any, word's by, perfect. No by word's any perfect. measure. Right. But um, it feels like we've lost something. It's actually kind of hard to, to think about like Gawker not being around. It is. Yeah. I had a meltdown last night because I was just like, this is tone policing. Like we're not allowed to be mean. We're not allowed to dislike things. Like everything now is relentless earnestness. Like we're all fans of everything and supporting everybody. And I was like, I just feel like Gawker was a place where you could go on there and someone would be like, this is fucking stupid. Like, you know what? As much as people give him shit for it, I like Hamilton Nolan's Chobani piece. Like that's so funny that he's just like, fuck Chobani yogurt. It's gross. That's a great piece. Hamilton Nolan wrote about Chobani. I, I this is the first time hearing about this myself. Yeah, he wrote like Faye is the only good yogurt. Chobani yogurt is terrible, and he wrote like yeah, yeah, three thousand yeah. words on Fa- it. Faye is the best, and not a Chobani is bullshit. I agree with that. Yogurt is not on the Jamaican palette of foods that I'm <laughs> reconnecting with there's right no, now. There's no Jamaican yogurt because I feel like that could be. Sure, there is. I feel like that could yeah. be a very hot. There's Icelandic yogurt. I'm taking my time. There's like, starting with meats. Icelandic, Greek, French. Can I get some Jamaican yogurt in there? There probably is. And like, I'm really, really sorry if I'm like not representing my people well. I, you know what? I think it's okay. I don't think you have to know about every possible food that has come out of Jamaica. Yeah. yeah. And also, yogurt's not very special. It isn't. It's not like, oh, we own. It's not like the Jamaicans own yogurt if they right. make it. Right. Yogurt is very overblown. I don't want to get into that, though. All right. Speaking of Jamaica, good segue. Usain Bolt. Usain Am I Bolt. saying that right? Usain Bolt. <laughs> Let's let's do talk about let's talk about the Olympics for a second. Okay. Or did you watch it at all? I watched two races at a bar, and then I watched some of Simone Biles's uh, routines. Yeah, and that was it. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be the jerk. Please. No, I don't want to be the bad I'll guy. I'll be the jerk. Why are there so many kinds of swimming? It's all stupid. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's kind of like. I don't know. I'm happy that these Olympics, these Olympians are good at, at doing sports. But right. I have to say, like, I know people cheer it on and makes them feel good and everything. But I just I just feel nothing. I feel nothing about the event. Because once every four years for two weeks, we pretend like discus is like a big deal. No, to but us. I mean, it's like America won. The U.S. won all of these medals. And it's like, yeah. ah. And... Do you feel a very strong sense of national pride, Josh? I mean, I love America. Do you love America? I do. I used to. Do you not? No, I. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, hello. Who's on this podcast? <laughs> okay, Aaron Edwards like, doesn't love America. I listen, guess. I used to go around in college, and as like a form of satire, I would pretend like I was interrogating people about their love of America, like a cheerleader kind of. Okay. Um, I forget who it was based off of, but there was like a friend who I had in high school who was just like really intensely loved America, and so I. Decided to just like parody her for a few weeks just in college. Become an America lover. Yeah, so I, don't know. <laughs> I just go around being like, I don't know, Becky. I love America. I'm not sure if you do though. Like, Did and your friends say shit like that. 
No, okay. not, no, 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 no. No one said anything like that. I just, I was just feeling like I was like feeling goofy a few weeks. Right. And so I just interject that in all my conversations with my friends and just like see if they loved America and how much they loved America. I love America. See, the thing, the thing about the statement, I love America, is that it's something you can corner people into saying yes or no to yeah. without appreciating the complexities that our country brings with its name and I with can, its but history. I can, I can list reasons why I love America. Yeah. Well, it's just. Number one. Uh, it's just you can get any kind of food here. Number two, eagles. That's about it. That was the correct answer. <laughs> uh, number number one is I do think it's like you know when you when you travel, you're like fuck. I just want to get some like I just want to get some Indian food or whatever. And it's like nope, sorry, you're like wherever you are, you're not getting Indian food right now. Like Australian there are places India, unless you're an Indian, in which case fucking killer Indian food. Right. But um, I mean for all of our flaws, and there are many. You know, it's this is a kind of an incredible country. It is kind of incredible the people here. Like, I mean, you know, we could be fixated on Trump, like Trump and his whatever his supporters, but like there are way more people who are not Trump and his supporters. You know, and like there are way more people who want good things and are like actually working on good things. I don't know. I mean, I think America's a cool country. I think it is like kind of a weird mishmash of like it is a kind of clusterfuck and that's what makes it great it's an experiment yeah no it's definitely an experiment and you definitely if you go to like texas you will see just how just how volatile the experiment is experimental (laughs) experimental that shit is no i mean you hit florida for a couple of days and have you seen hannity He's talking about this Man. shit. He's. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, have you seen Hamilton? Have you seen Hamilton? They're talking about America. We're doing it. <laughs> Eight times a week. Okay, I haven't seen Hamilton. Are we going to get into this now? Why not? Let's just close it out with yeah, Hamilton, okay? That's a good closer, I feel like. You haven't seen Hamilton yet? I have not seen it, but I have listened to most of the soundtrack. I feel like whenever I meet a white person who hasn't seen Hamilton, I'm just like, why wow. are you cashing in? Wow. Why aren't you trying? <laughs> you know what? I've seen no. Hamilton twice. I'm very white. Is it good? It is very good. Should I see it? You should definitely no, see it. No, now that uh, Lin-Manuel's out, I don't know if I want to... The work is still the work. It's true. The songs are very catchy. Right. Have you listened <laughs> to the cast album? I have. What did you think? Most of it. I think it's great, but I'm like, I wish I was watching this. Right. I'm like, there's definitely something going on that I should be seeing. Yeah. That's I mean, my feeling. Whenever you get the chance to, if you have a choice, <laughs> you're like, should I go to see Hamilton or not? You should... I mean, I don't get out a lot, you know? Right. It's kind of like home, work, work, home. Like, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I'm not like, there's all the stuff happening in between. I mean, like, Cats is definitely, like, the first priority. Cats is, I'm trying to think of the last Broadway musical I saw. You should go see The Color Purple. That would really blow the lid off a lot of things. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I need, to, like, I, need to crack, I need to crack my brain open. I'm not sure what's good. No, I mean, I'm sure it's good. You know what I did see uh, years ago? Not a not a musical. I saw Hamlet with Patrick Stewart. Oh. I think Hamlet. Ooh. Uh, or no, Macbeth. 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 That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Did you know they did a recording of that? It's like a PBS. They did like a movie version. Yes. It's weird. It is very weird. It's very weird. I love that production so much. Have you? Did you see it? I saw the like movie in the version. Th- oh, you didn't see it in the theater? theater? No, no, no. Really good. Who played Lady Macbeth? Kate. Um, Kate Fleetwood. Kate Fleetwood, Kate, who also makes a very stunning but short cameo in Les Miserables movie. Related to Mick Fleetwood? Can we get a- can Fleetwood we get Mac? A, yeah, Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac. Can we just get a- Can you just Google that real quick? I just want to know. This is where I don't have any frame of reference. <sighs> you don't know Fleetwood Mac? 
I mean, no. How do you feel about extremely white music from the seventies? I don't know. Suddenly, Fle- I'm like blind Fleetwood, and deaf, and I can't. I, I would can't. say Fleetwood. I would say Fleetwood Mac is like next to the Eagles is probably like the perfect avatar for white music. I, I love Fleetwood. Mac. <laughs> okay, no, they're great. I'm, I want you to tell your story. <laughs> who lives? Who dies? <laughs> what? What story is that? The story of white music in the. 70s. I don't know. I'm from uh, Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the Ukrainians are not white. You need to place yourself more. I don't. I'm, this is what I'm saying. Going back to the conversation about Jamaica, I don't have a thread. You use ancestry.com or something. You know what? Actually, Laura is an insane genealogist. Like, she knows my entire family history. Right. She can find anybody's family history. She's so good at it. That's it. That's the end of the story. Yeah. All right, I think we got to wrap up. Aaron, thank you for doing this. Of course, thank you I for really, having me. I really have enjoyed this. This was really fun. Oh, I realized I wanted to ask you something. Yeah. What's your favorite color? Hmm. Wow. I always say blue. Is it blue? I don't think so. I think I say it because it's always been the answer that I've given since I was like 10. What's really your answer? Probably black. Wow. Um, what is your favorite movie? What Dreams May Come. With Robin Williams. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a depressing movie. Yeah, I saw it. I read Dante's Inferno around the time that I watched that movie as a kid, and hmm. I really loved the imagery of hell. Okay, interesting. <laughs> and finally, what is your favorite song? My favorite song? Oh my gosh, I, that's really difficult. I mean, right now in this very moment. I mean, sure, why not? Um, this is going to sound super like no, weird. Just do it. I've been listening to, um, Mozart's Requiem a lot recently because I <laughs> sang it in like high school. Mozart's Requiem. I mean, and I've been connecting to a lot. So, uh, Domine Gesu, which is one of the movements of Mozart's Requiem. I've literally been riding the subway back and forth, listening to it constantly. Is that very upbeat? Yes. It is? Yeah. It's upbeat. Yeah. I don't know it, so. We I mean, drop, I, I we'll think, drop in a clip like we do with yeah, uh, sex dreams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>